This episode of the Burning Bush Podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's hands down one of the easiest ways to make a podcast, especially if you're just getting started. And here's why. First, it's completely free. And second, their online platform and app make creating episodes a breeze. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, and this is huge, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Simply just create your account and you'll start to see your podcast available on all of the major platforms. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Literally everything you need to make a podcast is available all in one place and on one platform. To get started today, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Again, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. And now, back to the episode. Thank you for listening to the Burning Bush Podcast. Today is part four of our series titled Our Beliefs, and we're talking about spiritual gifts. So we believe that the Holy Spirit distributes, as He wills, gifts of speech and service devoted to the common good and the building of the church. Further, we believe that these gifts are to be exercised under the authority of Jesus Christ. This means that the believer is to seek as evidence of the Holy Spirit's fullness, not the gifts themselves, but the giver, who is Christ. Therefore, the gifts of the Spirit are to be accompanied by the fruit of the Spirit. The life of the Spirit, as displayed in the life of a believer, is characterized by the pure love of Jesus. So to start, let's ask the question, what are spiritual gifts? So before we dive into the theology behind them and their importance, use, and application to our life, we need to first have an understanding of what spiritual gifts are. And although there's not a formal definition of what spiritual gifts are directly in the Bible, we do have many verses and passages describing their nature, purpose, and function. So let's start with the Greek, and we see the Apostle Paul using four Greek words in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in direct reference to spiritual gifts. And these are charisma, nevmatikos, diokovia, and inayimata. So let's break down each one and look at how Paul uses it. First, we're going to start with charisma. Charisma is normally translated to the word gift in the New Testament. And the plural of this word is charismata. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, or charismata, but the same spirit. And the Greek word charisma literally translates to gift of grace and is being used here to remind the church of Corinth that the one and the same spirit distributes a variety of spiritual gifts to his people. Next, we're going to look at nevmatikos, or things of the spirit. And this is another Greek word that is translated as the word gift here. And to see it used in context, let's look at the following verse. Now about spiritual gifts, or nevmatikos, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 in the NIV. And the word nevmatikos is translated in this verse to the word gifts, but the literal translation means spirituals, spiritual things, or spiritualities. Next, diokovia. And Paul uses this word, which means service, while describing spiritual gifts to the church in Corinth. And he uses it as such. And there are varieties of service, diokovia, but the same Lord. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5 in the ESV. And this gives us the understanding in which Paul is saying our spiritual gifts are to be used for the service of the ministry. 
The next word we're looking at is energima. And this is the fourth word used while describing spiritual gifts, which, when translated to English, means effect or operation, or in its plural form, energimata, means activities. So let's look at this one in context. And there are varieties of activities, energimata, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. So when we see this word used in the New Testament, it is always referring to a supernatural work or operation by God. Now that we have a solid foundation of these four words, these four Greek words, let's use these Greek words to form a basic definition. So Don Stewart actually provides us with a great basic definition for spiritual gifts that includes this understanding of Greek words that we see here in 1 Corinthians. He says, We find that spiritual gifts are abilities that God gives to believers for service in the church, the body of Christ. They are spiritual gifts or gifts that operate in the realm or sphere of the Holy Spirit. While the source of each spiritual gift is God, this does not necessarily mean that a spiritual gift is the ability to do something supernatural. So simply put, spiritual gifts are abilities from God to do a work to glorify God. The prophet Zechariah actually sums up this truth. In chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's in the ESV version. Now that we have a basic definition for what we mean when we talk about spiritual gifts, let's look at why they're important. And let's start with, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. This time we're looking at the ESV version. Why does Paul want us to be informed about the subject of spiritual gifts? Well, think about this. The church cannot function without the operation of spiritual gifts. And as John MacArthur puts it, That is how the Holy Spirit operates and how the body is built. In addition, Satan is counterfeiting it, so you can't be ignorant. In addition to what we're covering today, I want to urge you to read the entirety of chapter 12 when you're able to, because we can see throughout this entire section here in 1 Corinthians that we are unable to understand spiritual gifts solely on our own experience. We're just not that perceptive. It's important that we admit this, and the Corinthians admitted this, that they weren't perceptive enough either. So as we see in this chapter, the way in which the Corinthians were using their gifts was dividing the body of the church, not unifying it. Let's look at this verse again. We're going to look at the second half. So particularly in the part where Paul says, I would not have you be uninformed. And this is what we call a Greek idiom for something that is incredibly emphatic. And this isn't the only time that we see Paul use this phrase in the New Testament, but he uses it and saves it for moments that he wanted to emphasize something incredibly important in his writing. An example of this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and the first part of verse 13. He says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. So you see there, he's saying we do not want you to be uninformed. And just for some context here, he's talking about the rapture. So you could say it's a pretty important topic. So let's go back to this original question that we have about Paul. Why do we need to understand spiritual gifts? So as we discussed earlier, the church cannot mature without them. And Satan tries to counterfeit them in an effort to confuse, cause chaos, and split the church. Just look at our world today. This is what's happened. Satan has been successful, and our church has been divided. There's a lot of ignorance in Christianity today surrounding spiritual gifts. And the result of this ignorance is abuse. By that I mean 
abuse in the form of ignoring our gifts, neglecting our gifts, or on the other end of the spectrum, we end up overemphasizing the wrong gifts or confusing them with counterfeit gifts at the temptation of Satan. And the Bible has told us for the last 2,000 years that this ignorance must end. Spiritual gifts are important because they unify the church by strengthening other believers. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. It says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Something interesting we see here. This is the first time that we find the term spiritual gift in the New Testament. And often it gets misinterpreted. John Piper puts it like this. The translation, impart to you some spiritual gift, is misleading as it sounds like Paul wants to help them have a gift. But the text actually means that he wants to give them the benefit of his gifts. He says, I long to see you, that I may use my gifts to strengthen you. So clearly, we learn from these two verses in Romans that spiritual gifts are for strengthening others. We learn that our spiritual gifts are to strengthen others in the second part of Romans, chapter 1, 11, and 12, which says, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So in verse 11, Paul is aiming to strengthen them, and then in verse 12, the aim is to encourage them. So in verse 11, Paul strengthens faith by his spiritual gift, and in verse 12, he encourages by his faith. To quote John Piper again, A spiritual gift is an expression of faith which aims to strengthen faith. It is activated from our faith in us and aims for faith in another. Or to put it in another way, spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit in order for us to effectively express our faith for the purpose of strengthening someone else's faith. So now let's talk about knowing our gifts and the desire to strengthen others. And it's important in the context of the verses that we've covered up to this point to understand that you shouldn't stress over labeling your spiritual gifts before you use them. And don't worry about pointing to teaching, wisdom, discernment, knowledge, mercy, etc. and saying, ooh, that's me, that's mine, that's my gift. We know the reason why we have spiritual gifts is to strengthen the faith of others. So instead, our mindset should be, here's someone who's in jeopardy, here's someone whose faith is struggling, how can I help them? Then do or say what you feel would be most helpful. If that person's helped, you may have discovered one of your gifts. So next, we need to understand the current state of our Christian culture. And the problem these days is not with people understanding or knowing what their spiritual gifts are. It's a lack of people desiring to strengthen the faith of others. We have a willful ignorance of spiritual gifts through a weakened desire to build up our brothers and sisters in Christ. So instead, we turn to our sinful nature time and time again. And we tear down rather than build up. We gossip, criticize, and grumble, and people fall right into the trap of these habits. I'm going to quote John Piper again because he has a great quote about this. He says, The gate is narrow, and the way is strewn with obstacles, which leads to edification and the strengthening of faith. We should all aim to become the kind of people that upon waking up each day we say, Lord, I want to strengthen someone's faith today. At the end of the day, grant that someone will be more confident in what you promise and more joyful in your grace because I crossed their path. Use me to strengthen someone else's faith. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. For a full transcript, sources that we used, and helpful resources to study further, please visit our website, burningbush.blog. Again, that's B-U-R-N-I-N-G-B-U-S-H dot B-L-O-G. 
Again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.